Great to have everybody here this morning. My name is Brandon, the community pastor and intern pastor here at Antioch. Um, a great set of worship. <clears throat> well, happy Father's Day for those of you that are, that are fathers. This morning I woke up um, and I got this card, Happy Father's Day. When it comes to great dads... You're the champ. It's just, it's going to be a good day, right? I mean, how could it not be a good day when you got this whenever you want it? I, I'm, I might just come back to this a couple times if this message doesn't go this that well. I might just come back. Well, if you, if you were with us on Mother's Day, um, you might remember those moms um, received a flower on their way out. And so dads, we thought, what better way to honor you than by trying to end the service earlier this morning. So I'm shooting for about an 18-minute message and um, we'll wrap this thing up and, and get out. It was just more time for us guys, for people to spoil us because it happens so much. So, um, so fathers... That's, that's my love to you this morning, is, is we'll get out of here a little bit earlier. We'll see. Um, you know, being a father, it's, I have four kids, and um, it's an interesting thing to read the Bible and see how God the Father treats us and others, and then to be called dad, to be a father. And um, our oldest is, is nine and a half, so I've had nine and a half years of just trying, I guess, to be a dad. And so I wanted to start off this morning by telling you guys a story that has, I think, encapsulated me as, as a father um, and the lessons I've learned um, being um, a father, trying to live how God treats me to treat, to treat my kids. And so um, as every good story starts, we were just leaving the circus and um, being a father of four, I've learned to just always check where are my kids. Where do we four, one, three, four? Okay. And, um, and so we're walking along. We're walking out of the circus. And um, my middle daughter, Mia, is just known for just, just, you know, wandering, daydreaming, just not looking where she's going. And, and about 20 yards, football player, um, in front of... Mia, this lady, bends down. I don't know if she's tying a shoe or changing a baby or throwing up. I don't know what she's doing. But we're walking along, and I'm checking, okay, where are the kids? Where are the kids? And I see the direct path that my daughter Mia is taking, and she's just probably like, could I make the circus? If I was in the circus, what would I do? Well, this could be great. I could maybe, you know, juggle 16 aerobies. I could do, be somebody. Um, and so she's heading for this path, and I'm walk, walking next to her. And this is that moment where I'm like, okay, I've got options, right? I've got options here with Mia. One is I could just grab her and move her, and she'd give me that look like, why are you touching me? I'm daydreaming. Um, well, option one is just move her. Option two would be to just grab her hand and slowly pull her around you know, the size 14 Wranglers and keep moving. <laughs> Option three would be just let her smack into it, right? And then that would teach her, hey, watch where you're walking. Probably never have to tell her that again. Um, or option four would be wait till she gets pretty close and then give out the Mia, the dad call. Some of the interns have heard me use it on them. Um, Mia. And hopefully it's just at the right moment 
where she leaves daydreaming, faces reality, turns to dad, and says, you're good. So I decided to go with option four. Um, I thought it had the best options and everything. So we're getting closer and closer, and I'm just watching her out of the corner of my eye. And sure enough, I mean, she's like a foot, foot and a half. I mean, I waited to the last moment. And I do that, Mia, and she does this turn, whoa, <laughs> looks at me, you know, tooth missing, cotton candy, like, you're the best. <laughs> that would have been bad. Um, and, so, and so as fathers, we, we are in these positions often. As a pastor, I feel like I'm in this position this morning. This morning, I want to talk about the church life. And are you plugged into the church life? Are you connected here? And I think some of you might be on this way for that. And I, we want to kind of get you to go around. And we could pick you up and just plant you. You, this community group, stay, enjoy. Um, But that's not very loving. Um, We could grab your hand and pull you into community. Um, And you, you might like that. Or better yet, we could maybe just tell you you should be in community and give you options to be the church and to be community and to be a part, a part of this. And so that's what I want to look at this morning. If you have a Bible, Acts chapter 2, um, it's, Acts chapter 2 is kind of the founding of the church. It's kind of what, what God did in, in launching church and how he designed and wired us this thing to move and to be and to exist. And we wrestle with that as, as staff, as elders, as pastors. We're always trying to figure out how do we do this right? How do we do church right? In Acts chapter 2, it's a, it's a great thing. Uh, verse 1 of Acts 2, it says, When the day of Pentecost arrived, and Pentecost was basically the 50th day after the Passover Passover week, also known as the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Harvest, the Day of First Fruits. You can Google those if you're interested. But Acts 2, 1, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they, about 120, were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And so God starts his church by God moving. God shows up. God changes everything and his spirit descends on his people. The same spirit you and I get to experience every day. Step one, God showed up. Step two, we see um, verse 14, Peter stands up and he he preaches, he teaches, he talks to the people there um, from verse 14 to 37. And basically, Peter says three specific things. First thing he says is, It's about Jesus. It's about the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. That's what it's about. That's what the baptism video is about. It's about Jesus and what Jesus has done. The second thing we see in Peter's teaching here um, to launch the founding of the church, the second thing is it's about culture. Peter engages culture. He talks about past history. He talks about the present culture and where they're wrestling and what they need to know. And the third thing we see Peter do is he talks about truth or what you and I as Christians would call salvation. 
That picks up in verse 37. It says, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. When they heard Peter's preaching, they were cut to the heart. And Peter said to the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so the third thing Peter talked about was salvation and gave them an opportunity And then if you jump down to verse 41, so those who received his word were baptized and they were added to the day, added that day, added to that day 3,000 souls. So Peter gets up, he talks about Jesus, he engages the culture, he talks about salvation and truth and coming to know God. And we see 3,000 plus people It says we're added. They were added that day. Added to what? See, I think oftentimes we think about, yay, I got saved when I was in junior high. Woohoo! God, I'll see you when I'm 88. But we see here the early church, they were added to it. They, They came in, they came together, they were brought in. They didn't just get out of their jail, get out of hell free card and walk away and say, I'll see you later. That's not what God designed. God wired them to be added, to increase, to come in together. To what? Well, verse 42 through 47, I'll read it as quick as I can. And they devoted themselves. This is what they're added to do. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. 45. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing, to, um, distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And so this, it's this, this coming together and being a part of the body, coming together and not just saying, great, I'm saved, I'm done. I'll, I'll see you guys later, but it's this coming together. That's what the church was founded on, was community was this unity of us coming together and being a part of this. And the cool thing here at Antioch is we have a chance at this. We actually have a legitimate chance at pulling off community. It's doable. It's achievable here. We're a young church and and, um, God's moving. I, I think the first couple things is already happening. God is moving here, obviously. I think we have, we have people that are standing up and teaching and they're talking about Jesus and they're talking about the culture and people are having a chance to come to know Jesus and be saved and be added to this church. And then it's us that gets to come and be the body, us that gets to come and be community and engage in the lives of each other. That's what God had intended when he launched the church is that we'd all be connected. 
1 Corinthians chapter 11, or excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. We read this, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. And later in that chapter, we, we as the church, are, we as the body are called, or we as the church are called the body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he spends the whole chapter talking about you and I, we're members of the body. He says, you physically have one body, but in your one body, there's many multiple parts, organs, things that are going on. My hope this morning is that you guys and gals get that. And you want to be part of this body. Let me, let me come at it another way. Let's say tomorrow morning you're, uh, you're running on, on the river trail. You get up early, it's Monday, and you're all excited. And it's, yes, it's time to run the river trail. And you're, you're running along, and, and all of a sudden you, you, you take a corner, and there is a shoe on the ground. You're like, that's, that's a brand new shoe. That's odd. And, and you pick up the shoe, and you, you realize there's a foot in the shoe. Right? If you're like me, you're out. A little squirrel have to give me sniffing salt, and I'm, I'm back up. And, but... There's a shoe, and, and there's a foot in the shoe, and you realize this, this isn't right, right? First, you know, evaluation is this isn't right. Somebody is hopping around here. This, this is not right. There is a foot that's missing. It's not attached. It's not connected to the body. This isn't right. Somewhere, someone is in need. The body isn't complete. The foot is, is missing, and so maybe you're, you got your wits with you, and you put it in the Deschutes, and you're, like, trying to keep it cold, and you're looking, anybody missing a foot? I got a foot, you know, and, and, and you're trying to find, you're trying to connect this foot. Because you know if the foot is just by itself, it, it doesn't get a smell or, or see. It just has toes and, and it can't even wiggle. And it's just lifeless foot. And maybe that's some of you this morning. You don't feel connected. You come on Sundays and it's, it's fun and you like it and it's good music and cool graphics and all that stuff but you don't feel connected because you just kind of flop out of here the rest of the week and flop back in. We need you. We need the foot. We're hopping. We're, we're hopping without you. We need, we need you to be connected here. So how do we do that? I think the first thing we realize is when God designed the church, he needed, he said, you are all part of the body. We need you. You need us. You've got gifts and talents. The church, we need those. God wants to utilize those to maximize his kingdom. I think another thing we see here at Antioch is, as we know, you are not a bunch of robots, like, must serve Jesus, serve. That's actually a pretty good robot, huh? Um, but we know that you have goals and passions and, and there's things that drive you and move you. We want to see you doing those things to serve the body. We don't want to create this, this robotic community life here at Antioch where we just evaluate you. Yeah, this looks good. Let's, okay, yeah, go there. I, it's an assembly line. I, anybody could do this. This isn't for me. That's not how we're designing church. Here. We didn't see, we don't see that in the early church. If you think about the early church, what did they have? They had the Holy Spirit and each other. And God utilized, maximized them, their gifts, their passions. 
and he changed the known world through them. We've got the Holy Spirit. We've got each other. Plus, we've got a lot of other cool things here. But if we don't have the people excited to be part of the body, and if we don't have the Holy Spirit, we're missing out. And I know some of you are connected, and that's great. That's awesome, and we need that. I just want to run down a list of some other things that you might have. You might be that missing foot that we're waiting for. We're hopping along until you come in. So the question is, how do I get connected? Well, my question back to you is, what part of the body are you? Can you write parables? Can you lead a community group? Can you write songs? That magazine was all done in-house. Are you graphically gifted? Or, or um, can you write articles? The staff knows I can't. Um, do you have drama abilities, um, like good drama, not like drama queen abilities, or, but like drama, like performing? Um, are you, do you love the outdoors, and can you lead people safely in the outdoors? Um, you know, we've got this adoption thing going on. We've got a handful of interns that would, would love to spend time with you. Um, you probably know what part of the body you are. You probably just know. And if you don't, we've been fortunate enough to steal and totally duplicate this, this program called PLACE. Personalities, likes, abilities, callings, and experiences. And you can sign up for it online. And I love this because what it is, is it's us sitting down with you and helping you unfold who God's created you to be. And you, once you've done that, it's just like sit over a coffee, about an hour, we figure some stuff out. You go do a little homework, you come back in, and we know how you're wired, how you're created. And then with that, through place, we want to literally place you where God would have you be part of the body. Not so Antioch can grow to a thousand people. We, we don't, that's scary to us. <laughs> but so you can be that connected part of the body. So that we can continue on doing church as God founded the church and wants to sustain the church. So you can go to bed dog tired because you've been utilizing your gifts and talents. And God is working in your life and then erratically through your life. That's how God has wired us. And so before, 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 before we go get all excited about community life, I do a lot of pre-marriage counseling. So I want to give you some pre-community counseling, okay? Pre-community counseling. I'll just, if you ever go to a wedding this summer, I'll save you. You can just tune this part out at the wedding. Unless I'm the one doing the wedding, then you tune nothing out. This is how we sustain community. This is how we keep community going. This is how you don't burn out on community. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Love never fails. Love is how we sustain community. P 
People are messy and weird and awkward. Community can be messy and weird and awkward if you're selfish. But if you realize the person next to you, the person that signs up for your group, the person that wants to get up early and do a Bible study or a prayer group with you is just as equally part of this body as you are, then you need to love them. You need to show them love. You need to appreciate them. You need to recognize they are just God's little gift just as much as you are. And that's how love penetrates the community of churches. People coming to the realization that, you know what? I'm probably just as weird as they are. And so, yes, I want to partner with them in community. Now, here's kind of the irony of this whole point. Most of our community groups are in hibernation for the summer. And I love that. I love that all of you can't just run out and sign up for a community group tomorrow. It means you actually have to find someone to take to lunch next week. You actually have to look through the directory and say, you know what, that's the person that we should probably call and invite over. You know what, that, that intern looks like they're you know, losing a lot of weight. Maybe we should invite them over for some food. You know, that couple that we've seen that we think we could be friends with, let's actually pause and have a meaningful conversation around the coffee today before we run out and celebrate dads being awesome. It's you finding, making community happen. It's not us robotically pushing magical buttons so the island doesn't blow up and community never exists. A little bit of lost. It's you... It's you engaging in the people around you and inviting new people and showing them love and saying, it's okay to talk to somebody that you don't know at church. Please do. Please do. Community is what God intended for the church. We have a shot at this. We can make this happen. This is doable. Figure out, find out, wrestle with God. What part of the body are you? So we can be healthier and we can keep moving forward, impacting God's kingdom, doing what he's called and equipped you, a member of the body, to do. I want to pray for us, but, um, and then we're going to queue up a video. The video, a couple of the interns shot it. It's, it's three testimonials of people engaging in community, people getting, getting to the end of themselves saying, you know what, I do need to serve. I, need, I do need to find opportunities. There's a turning point that's happening in these three people's lives, and they've leaped. They're hopefully where you're going to be in a week or two. They've crossed that barrier, and now they want to get involved in community. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are a God of love and grace. You are a God who doesn't just create us to, to have assurance of salvation and then wait on the sidelines till we see you face to face. But Lord, you've wired us, you've gifted us, you've called us, and now you're challenging us to be part of the body. To maybe jump online and, and sign up for place and figure out exactly, specifically where you would have us. Or maybe, Lord, to wrestle through, maybe through these next couple of songs after the video, and find out where it is you want us to impact your kingdom. And Lord, maybe we already know that, and we've just been waiting for the right invitation. Lord, whatever it is, we 
We as a church body want to give you glory. We as individuals want to give you glory. Thank you that you're a God who will lead us out of the path of destruction and into a better place. Lord, would we just stay so close to you? Amen.